Greetings and welcome back to episode number 62 of the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. Today I had on Kiss My Portfolio alum, junior designer on my team, Madison Woolridge, so you can kind of, you know, meet the team. I found Madison because she took two of the Kiss My Portfolio challenges. If you're listening to this on the day that the episode launched, you are maybe in the middle of the Kiss My Portfolio challenge, in which case this episode is going to be great for giving you some insights on what to expect and also what to do with all that content afterwards. Madison took this to heart and absolutely crushed it both times she took the challenge. So this, if you could follow in her footsteps, I would definitely recommend. Enjoy the episode. We talk about lots of different business brainstorm things, design things, Canva things. Enjoy. Kiss my aesthetic. Branding, marketing, entrepreneurship. You're listening to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Winterstein of MKW Creative Co., where we build brag worthy brands through visual identity design and social media. You're in the right spot for branding, marketing, and entrepreneurship advice. So enjoy the episode. Greetings and welcome back to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. Today we have team member from MKW Creative Co. Madison. Welcome to the pod. Hello, thank you. I'm so excited to have you. We have so much to talk about and actually going to go totally like in a 90 degree angle from this conversation of the Kiss My Portfolio Challenge. Because if you're listening to this episode and you're taking the challenge, it's day two of the challenge. Madison is a Kiss My Portfolio Challenge alumni, so we're definitely going to get into that. But first and foremost, for anyone that doesn't know you yet, can you tell us uh, who you are, what you do, who you help, and how you help them? Basically, your mission statement. I am Madison Woldridge. I run Madison Eats Cake, a creative studio out of Oklahoma City, and I help makers and doers build strategic brands. Love it. Bingo. Ding, 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 ding. Nailed it. Mission statement. By the way, for everyone listening, if you don't practice the who you are, what you do, who you help and how you help them, that is the best one-liner ever. Like this, and we're going to totally get into this too, but you crushed it, Madison. We got there. We got there. (laughs) But that's, those are the four bam, 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 bams that you should have like zing. Like you should be able to say that as easy, your first, middle, last name, right? We got you. We got you. Tell us a little bit how you started. How did you start Madison Eats Cake? Because the name I love, I'm a total foodie and I love like a food pun. So tell us about how that started. So it originally started up as a photography business. And then I just did a complete 180. I don't really do photography anymore, but I work a lot with brands that are in like the food and drink space. So Madison Eats Cake was a name that just kind of fit. So I stuck with it. I love that. I love a creative uh, brand name. Definitely. We want to get into the tagline of MKW Creative Co. And you are on the team, of course, as a designer. Um, And we had some kind of refocusing as well. Granted, I'm in my eighth year of business and you started in what year? Madison Eats Cake? Um, Last year, right after yeah, the first see? Kiss My Portfolio Challenge. Yep. Oh, you are fresh. You are green, girlfriend. Don't even worry about it. So in your mind, I'm curious, what does brag worthy mean to you? I think being brag worthy is about highlighting what makes you unique. So it is all your little quirks and character traits that are completely different from what anyone else can offer. Oh, I love that. I love that. The reason we got connected and you kind of dropped it as a hint right there is the Kiss My Portfolio Challenge, of course. So I'm just nosy and I just want to even hear how you found out about it because you've taken it more than once. Yes, it is so funny because as we're recording this, I looked back this morning and I have I found you 
through a TikTok live through you were doing I don't even remember what brand that really? is how I found you yes and I was like I am obsessed this is because no one ever shows like the behind the scenes process mm-hmm. I don't feel like and as a newbie I was like I don't know like I want to make brands but how mm-hmm. so I was obsessed and then the next week you were like I'm hosting this challenge and I was like perfect sign me up you're in it I'm you're in, in it yep. so avo dough was the first one that you did Yep. Okay. So for those who aren't familiar, Kiss My Portfolio Challenge came to me as an idea of like, I, first of all, everyone was asking me, make a course, make a course, make a course. And I was like, no. And so (laughs) I was like, what would be better than a course? Maybe a challenge. Like maybe I could just do this as a challenge. And it was right at the beginning of the pandemic. So it was like February, 2020. And I said, you know what, like maybe I can teach all these new designers like how to design brands better because no one taught me. I kind of had to like fall into it on my own and kind of piecemeal things together and make up the entire scope of work based on what I read from books and what I learned from like working for some agencies here and there or whatever. And then I was felt like I was really onto something. So in the year 2020, I designed 41 brands, if that's even believable. So 41 logos for 41 clients, 41. That's a huge volume of work. And it was kind of this perfect storm of like TikTok, Instagram, everyone being at home, me not traveling for the first time in three years. So it was all this stuff. So I had a lot of people asking me like, how are you doing this? How are you doing this? How are you doing this? So I was like, okay, I'll make a challenge and I'll make it free and it'll be three weeks and I'll tell people exactly how I design brands. And 248 people signed up. And I was like, oh no. (laughs) I was like, how am I going to give feedback to all these people? Like, this is going to be crazy. So that was the very first one. That was Chroma Charters. Then the next time around, I offered it. I offered it paid and I limited to only the first 50 people. So 50 people can take the challenge and they get feedback along the way. And the whole idea is to give, give these designers like a fictitious brand and a fictitious theme for a business that doesn't exist, but something to put in your case study portfolio. So you joined in on Avado, which was Kiss My Portfolio 3. That was the third one. So we had Chroma Charters first, then Skypaws, which was like a dog airline. All these businesses are just businesses that I want to exist. An airline for dogs. And then the third one was Avado. My whole idea was like an avocado theme restaurant. So you found me on TikTok Live. And then what happened next? Then the challenge. I followed you on Instagram. I was stalking you everywhere. And then you posted about the challenge. And I was like, I don't even care what the prompt is. I don't really (laughs) need to know what brand I am designing for. I just want to learn how to design a brand from start to finish. Because I think when I found you, I had been through an undergrad program studying design. And I was in a master's program. And I was like, how have I gotten this far? And I still don't know the start to finish Right. Designing a brand process. So. Okay. That's so interesting. That's so interesting to me because I studied fine arts and art history. So I didn't learn anything about brand design in college or, and I never went to grad school. So, okay. So then what do you feel like were your takeaways from, from grad school and college? I learned a lot about like, so the school I went to was not like an art school. It was a science and technology school. So we focused a lot on like print and print processes. Mm. So learning about exporting files, how to build a multi-page document in a way that is going to work on a large format press. Um, So learning about the technical aspects, I feel like I had those in the, like down in the bag. I could go do those in my sleep, but the creative process, I was like, Interesting. Because yes. I have absolutely zero of that training. 
Like I have no, like I can, I've learned packaging design just by trial and error and by working with the companies that print them being like, is this what you need? <laughs> like not really understanding how to pull it together. Okay. So now you have the kiss my portfolio challenge and in this challenge, 10 days, 10 prompts. Did that give you the clarity that you were looking for as far as the process goes? Yes. I like going through the process the first time I was a little bit like, hmm, I'm still not getting this. So when you hosted it the second time, I did the breakers challenge. And mm-hmm. I was like, after that, I was like, yes, this is seamless. In, out, we are done. Right, right. So this all kind of is a very short like synthesized, boiled down process of the process that we use for our brand design clients, right? So we're always starting with like research and asking lots of questions. That's really important. Then we get into kind of confirming the aesthetics with mood boards. Then you get into the logo design and building out the rest of the presentation. But what I thought you did so creatively with both challenges was you took mock-ups to the max. Like you took this branding that you created and you really made kind of an immersive experience out of it to show, even though it was a fake client, but to show the guest judges really of the challenge, like, okay, this is how this could look. Tell us about like the mock-up process. Like how do you, do you see all of it in your head and then just kind of bring it to life or what does it look like for you? So with my mock-up process, a lot of the times, like for Avodo, I knew I wanted to have um, packaging for to-go orders, menu design. So I picked my mock-ups first, and then from there, I designed for my mock-ups. Because I feel like a lot of the times, if you do it the other way, your files don't always fit into your mock-ups. So then you Mm -hmm. have to alter your design, and it's this big, long process. But the mock-up experience, I think that is one of the most important in the brand design process because that is how your clients see what their brand is going to look like. Like a logo on the screen, that doesn't mean a whole lot to them, but seeing it Mm -hmm. on a business card, on a to-go box, on a flyer, in an email signature, what it's going to look like on socials, that is what is going to sell the brand. Totally. This is what I call kind of my um, like seal the deal process. When I switched to what's called the one concept method, which is what we talk about in the challenge as well, it was a huge shift in my business because before that, when someone had like a full service brand design, I was showing them like four options for logos and it was just the black and white version. But what I was realizing is that because you present people with choices, they feel like they have to mishmash things together. So like when I was showing four logos, they're like, well, I like this element of this one and that element of that one. Can we mish them together? And you're like, no, that's why I showed you things the way that I showed you them, because that's the way that I think that they should be. Right. And there were so many rounds of edits. So they were getting four logos to choose from and four rounds of edits on those logos. And these projects were taking like three to four months to complete. And I would start losing steam, right? Because it's like, of course you want them to pick the one that you liked the best. And then you keep going and you keep going. And then it's completely devolved into something that like, you don't even want to put your name on because you don't like it. So when I switched to the one concept method was really with like bringing on the Brandini, the mini brand design with Bad Bitch Book Club. I was like, you know what? I think I understand what you're asking for. Let me show you what I see. And if you like it, we'll go with it. And she's like, okay. And so that's that was the first one that I did one concept method. Then I switched over the full service project to one concept method. And now I think with designers, like especially new designers, they're so 
floored that you can that you can do that air quotes right what was kind of your perception of like how the logo process did you were you always presenting on the one concept method um i i learned like in school they taught us like whenever you work in an agency like they're gonna have you build up however many concepts essentially the client wants so i was like god how am i going to come up with 16 different logos that come that match the brand's message that fits Mm -hmm. the need you can't like Mm -mm. it doesn't work (laughs) and even if you do that's like so much time and creativity spend yes like now if you're focusing all your energy on one thing you're going to get a better end result and you're not going to feel so burnt out at the end of the project that you're like I don't ever want to build another brand again Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So one concept method is totally what we're covering in Kiss My Portfolio Challenge. So if you're a current challenger, you understand that because that is explained in your challenge guide. Um, but in order to make sure we deliver a high quality product by the end of that one concept method, there's a lot of research, right? And you help with this on our team by kind of prepping those projects. So so we have, of course, the questionnaire and the call with the client. Then we make a Pinterest board. How do you start going about pinning things that fit the answers of what the client said? So usually I will read through our questionnaire. I'll watch the discovery call um, with what the client says. And a lot of the times that gives me a general idea. You talk a lot about art history and I am not well-versed in that, but working kind of alongside you in the brand process, I feel like I'm getting better at recognizing, okay, this is kind of what their brand is going for. These are kind of the inspos that we need to pull, whether that be through photography, um, patterns, color palette, all the good stuff. Mm -hmm. And you did such a great job with that um, for a lot of the projects, but I think that some of the ones that stick out to me of being like very art history forward and very like aesthetic specific or like same skin, for example, mm-hmm. or what we've been able to do even in the last year with like mag PT Pilates. And I think that that's really what gives us kind of a creative edge is that we're not just pulling from what's popular, but we're pulling from what exists in the visual lexicon of the history of people and like how we communicate with each other. And although like the end client may not know or appreciate that that's where that specific blue comes from, there is intention behind like each part of that process, right? Yes. And I think that even doing that, like the research phase, whenever you're presenting the brand to the client, that is what's your ideas. They mean something. They're not just like Mm -hmm. arbitrary. I liked this color blue. So that's what we're using. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And also you can think about it as like translation services, really, mm-hmm. because the client is telling us one thing and then we have to translate that into visuals. So if you say you want your brand to be like funky and bold and colorful and happy and bright, those all have visual cues, right? So I'm going to go to more of like a punchy color palette with high contrast and large shapes and maybe a thicker font. Like we're basically a translation service. We're taking input information, output visuals, and how like that is the art of it, right? Because like we're the artists in that we're considering all these criteria and then creating the end product, which is exactly what you're doing in the challenge as well, even if the client doesn't exist. So tell us about um, after the Kiss My Portfolio Challenge, you had these two, well, after both, you had these two kick-ass projects What did you do with all that material that you made? Did you just like let it sit and collect dust in your hard drive? Me thinks no. (laughs) No, I put that everywhere. It is on Pinterest. I've got 
Behance projects for it. It's on Instagram. I talk about it on TikTok. It's on my Facebook page. Anywhere I can post those projects, they are there. And they get me, those projects are what generates the bulk of my leads. Amazing. Amazing. Because also, if you're a new freelancer, at least I felt this way, it's really hard to get an ideal client right off the bat. Oh, yes. <laughs> right? So like, I'm sure I was even recording another podcast episode earlier this morning. And I was talking about, you know, the kind of projects I did in the very beginning of my career that I hated, hated. For me, it was real estate postcards. And like, no hate, no shade to realtors. But there was no amount of design that could make an ugly house look good. Like yeah. if the house is just looks like a mess and the lawn is brown and the front door is dated and it just, the roof is falling. Like even if you have the best graphic design ever, it's not going to make the house look good. So I'm wondering if you have any projects that you could think of where you're like, God, if I never have to do that again, that would be fine. Yes. I did a brand design for a daycare center. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't even <laughs> want to talk about it. <laughs> Oh, that's tricky. It's hard to work with, with, like you said, if you're working for makers and doers that already like narrows us in closer to who you want to work with. Right. Yeah. So, so having that mission statement, that ideal client really close to the vest, like then, you know, if you take on a challenge or if you take on a project, you can kind of measure it against that. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Then after the kiss my portfolio challenge, you've posted all the stuff to all your pages, to your TikTok, to your Pinterest. It's getting you some clients. It's getting you some qualified leads that show what you can do. And then did I Instagram DM you or email you? You Instagram DM'd me. And I was like, oh, the time has come. The day I've <laughs> been waiting for. <laughs> oh my goodness. And I basically said, you crushed it during the challenge. Like, do you have some availability? Can you help us out? Right? Yes. And I was like, absolutely. Heck yeah. This is what I want. Sign me up. I am so ready. Yes. Perfect. Perfect. And tell us kind of generally, what are some of the things that you do um, on the team? Because now you're, I mean, you crush through tasks unlike anyone I've ever seen. I assign you stuff and I'm like, this is a lot of work. And then within three days you finished all of it. And I was like, holy shit. And then basically I have to assign you more stuff. And I keep asking you like, are you sure this is a lot of work? Are you sure you want to take this on? Like totally understand. And you're like, throw it at me, hit me. And that attitude I love because that's exactly how I was when I started out. It was like, I just wanted to learn and make as much stuff as possible to yes. get closer to the craft, you know, but tell us some of the things that you've worked on and maybe some of the favorite things you've worked on. Okay. My favorite things, we'll start with that. I love working with Dental Hygiene Nation and Hotel Lobby Candle. I get to do mm -hmm. a lot, a lot, a lot of Photoshop work with those clients. And Photoshop is, I love Photoshop. Like having a start in photography, I was missing being able to work in Photoshop because you don't do a lot of that with brand design. Mm -hmm. But getting to work in Photoshop, oh, it is the best. Okay. Okay. Because that is a skill I do not have. So we lean on, on uh, Madison to do some like some fun, like it's really world building if I think about it. Like I think Bragworthy brand, to go back to that question, is about like kind of creating the universe in which this brand lives and then making some creative stuff that like kind of pushes the boundaries, right? So other tasks that you've got going, you're of course helping with like stories, graphics, posts, graphics, mood boards. What mood else boards. do we have you working on? Collages. Yes. Um, we also, I, at the end of the project, work on file exporting, which when I first started, I was like, I don't really know if this is going to be something I enjoy, but it is one of my favorite parts, just seeing everything 
come together, wrap it up in a nice little bow and ship it off. Oh, I'm glad you love that part. That was the first thing I ever, ever, ever outsourced to another designer. And it was Haley for a while. And Haley was in charge of like just taking my absolute carnage of an artboard or of an illustrator file (laughs) and rearranging it and making it beautiful and like exporting it to the client. And same thing, like I sent it to you guys. She had it done within like 48 hours. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Because for my creative brain, I do not have like the attention span or attention to detail to make sure that those all go smoothly. So the fact that you can come on and help with that has been such a huge help. Such a huge help. You are a Photoshop fan, but I do have to ask because you've been making uh, TikToks about it. Canva. Canva. Okay. Were you an avid user of Canva pre-Kiss My Portfolio Challenge? No. I was a Canva hater. Okay. We have a convert in the building. Okay. Tell me about what your thoughts of Canva were before. Obviously, you said you hated it, but tell me specifically. And then what your thoughts are about Canva now? I feel like a jerk saying this, but I hated it (laughs) (laughs) because as a designer, I just wanted to be special and I wanted to feel like no one else could be a designer. No one else could do what I do. And Canva was kind of like, actually, people can design pretty great stuff using Mm -hmm. Canva. So I was like, I don't really like that. But then with the Kiss My Portfolio Challenge, you recommended Canva so often and I was like, maybe I'll give it a shot. And it was so easy. I didn't have to, I felt like I could just build a brand presentation in my sleep, build social media mm-hmm. graphics in my sleep. Like it wasn't reinventing the wheel every single time I needed to create something. And now I can have Canva templates that every time I need a brand presentation, I can just drag and drop. And it takes me less than half the time it would take me to build it in Illustrator or InDesign. Absolutely. Canva is a game changer. And I think every business owner needs Canva. I think things move way too fast and things happen way too quickly to not have complete creative control of your brand. And I think that's a really big like mission, vision, ethos of MKW Creative Co. is I never want to be the bottleneck for why my clients don't feel successful. I never want to send someone their brand and have them feel like, okay, great, now what? Like feel stuck with it, right? Or feel like they don't know how to make a post or how to make a postcard that looks good or how to make a business card with their name and and phone number on it. Whereas Canva, like we can load up all that stuff for them, which is part of our process. And then they're good to go. Then they can like fly the nest if they want. And they can also stay if they want. But if they want to go off on their own and be successful on their own, they can. I think it's such a great tool for that. What else? What are some of the other reasons you love Canva? Because now you've been using them for like our social media projects. Yes. The stock imagery just being all in one place and I can just search right in Canva. I don't have to get on Unsplash or get on Pexels and hunt and then import it into my Illustrator file or into Photoshop and resize it. It's just drag and drop right into Canva. Boom. It's ready to go. Post it on Instagram. Mm -hmm. You're done. And there's still like artistic skill involved, right? Like I still think this is to go like super meta with this conversation, people are like, oh, the robots are going to take our jobs. Like, okay, no, because Canva is nothing more than like a really, really great tool. Like Mm -hmm. did the Instapot make everyone a five-star chef? No. Does a five-star chef maybe have an Instapot? You bet your ass they probably do because sometimes you don't need the most like complex, crazy bells and whistles tool to just get a job done. 
right? So like, it's about using the best tool for the job, not necessarily like replacing the creative brains. Canva will not make the graphics for you yet. Like they'll give you templates, <laughs> but they will not like, you can't just be like Canva. <laughs> I'm going to eat my words on this one. Canva, make <laughs> me 30 days worth of social media posts that are memes that talk about this. It's probably coming within our future, but that doesn't exist yet. So that still means there needs to be a brain behind the project, someone who sees the vision, who has the mission and the goals in mind, who's like going to actually push the buttons and make it work. That being said, it's a lot faster in Canva. It's a lot faster in Canva. Yes. Sometimes I'm like, I can create a whole graphic in Canva before my illustrator will even open up. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I also love that it's web-based. Because Mm -hmm. then we can both see, we have each of our social media clients, for example, like signed up to their own Canva accounts. So we can log in as them, create assets for them. They can see everything at a bird's eye view. So if they do have a quick edit or if they want to replicate something for something else, it's not like they have to ask us for files. Mm -hmm. Like think of how much time we've saved just in that. Be like, oh, can you also drop the Canva link? Here you go. Okay, great. I need to add an extra sentence here. Right? Yes, like huge time save. They're always going to be, a brand is always going to be involving in their offerings and in what they do and their verbiage might change. So if they don't have to hunt you down to change a phone number on their business card because it's built in Canva, that's just going to save you as a business owner and as a designer so much more time. Totally. And it, it's those are the kind of things that people can be trusted to do on their own. That doesn't mean that people don't get in there and totally mess up their Canva. My mom calls me probably once a month and cries to me about how she's messed something up in her own Canva account. And she's like, make it go back. And I was like, I can't do that. You deleted it. I don't know how to help you. (laughs) So there are some issues. There are still some things, of course, that you're going to need designer help with. But Canva is 100%. This is a Canva Stan account. This is a Canva Stan podcast. We love Canva. And also, I think that designers, what would you have told yourself, your old designer self, who is like, never going to use Canva. What would you, what do you wish you could have told them now? I would say, stop being so pretentious and get over yourself. You're not (laughs) special. Just get in there. It's quick. It's easy. It will save you time. You don't have unlimited hours in the day. So just use it. Oh, such a good point. Okay. We always do branding, marketing, and entrepreneurship questions on this podcast. So I kind of created some, some quick ones for you. If you could describe your personal aesthetic or the aesthetic for your brand in three words, what would they be? Ooh, probably bold, quirky, and eclectic. Ooh, ooh, I like that. I also like how most of your work reflects those, I think. Like I'm thinking of your work of like Avodo and the one that you did for Breakers kind of has that, there is kind of that like element to it. I think that's why it stood out to me is like bold for sure. Bold is definitely one of my, my brand adjectives. It's what I look for. Like I am not the designer for you. If you want everything to be off white with a black serif font and the italics, not it, not it. That is an aesthetic. It's a good aesthetic. It's just not my personal aesthetic. I think it's overdone. I think it's very impersonal and it's very bland. So definitely bold. I think you and I align on that, but we didn't talk about on the last challenge um, for breakers. You put your own spin on it. Yes. Tell I me, did. tell us about that. So, as a queer business owner, I still don't get a lot of other queer folks coming to me for my services. So, a lot of times when you have stuff in your portfolio, that's when people are like, oh, you can do that. I want you to do it for me. So, I made breakers. I essentially turned it into a gay bar and a roller rink. Um, Love it. Which was incredible. And it was just so fun for me to be able to, because it is a fictitious project, I was able to create this business 
and kind of dream about like a place that I just wish would exist. So I can just go hang out with my people. We can just be our most authentic selves and have a great time. I love that you have that that bit to it as well, because I think that these prompts, like, why not? Sky's the limit, right? Like, make it anything that you want. And especially if it's going to be a piece of work that you feel represents not only your aesthetic, but your identity, then that definitely needs to live in your portfolio for exactly that reason, right? Like, and and same for me, like, everything is bold and colorful because I don't want to attract someone to my brand that has a really, like, bland aesthetic sensibility. Like it's just, yes. we're just not going to be a good fit. I'm not going to give you what you want. You'd have more success working with someone else. Just like I can imagine for you, like, although you could do the work for someone that doesn't align with you on like social or political values, like you could do the job, but you'd much rather do the job for someone you are aligned with. Yes. Exactly. Right. And it's about pulling that like magnetism to the brand. So I love that you have that piece in your portfolio as like a, not only this is what I can do, but this is what I believe in. Yes. And like, this is how I believe people should be treated. And this is what I believe could exist in the world. Absolutely. And I feel like that is such like, just as a business owner, like, I don't want my business to be like, separate from myself. Like, I want my values and what I believe in and my passions, like, as a creative, that's what I want to bring to life. Totally. And you have the absolute creative control to do so. It's very similar to how I've run my business. Like I take on projects that align with my values and business owners that align with the way, like we align in the way that we see the world. So I'm so proud to have same skin in our portfolio because I'm not a woman of color, but I absolutely like in my heart of hearts believe that there need to be more BIPOC stories out there. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So like if it's not my story, that's totally like, that is 100% more than okay. If I can have any piece and part in supporting that mission to move forward, then like, I'll feel like it was all, you know, that goes beyond just the aesthetics, right? That goes beyond just the, oh, this looks nice. Like, no, no, we're building something with mission, with purpose, with value. And those are the kind of brands like, as silly or like luxurious or extraneous as they might be, brag worthy brands for me, like there's way more in common between Hotel Lobby Candle and Same Skin than there is like Same Skin in a software company. Like there's, it's weird. It's very like, it's very, it's hard to define the niche that we work in until I kind of like came up with this phrase brag worthy because I didn't really feel like I aligned with one specific niche. What about yes, you? I am anti niche. Okay. I- I do find myself getting a lot of projects that kind of are in a food and drink space, but I, even just as a person, I am too multi-passionate about different avenues to want to only work in food and beverage or only work in creating um, packaging for pet products or working with real estate. Like I want to work everywhere, everything. And even just like outside of like design and building brands like my services are kind of a little bit all over the place too in the fact that I don't have just like one offering I am like a a la carte what do you need your business is unique to new Mm -hmm. to you yes exactly and that's such an asset too because I think that flexibility I mean when we think back to like art school. So I was like a fine arts major. And for, and even when I took like AP studio art in high school, you had to show in your portfolio breadth and depth. So you had to show that you could do a wide variety of material. And you also had specialization in one area. So I'm always thinking about that with like the projects we take on and like my, even my personal aesthetic, like, or photography styles or whatever, like how can we illustrate breadth 
So like across, like a cast a wide net, but at the same time, be really, really good at one specific thing. So like social media marketing, wide net, depth, Instagram and TikTok. Like we dropped mm-hmm. off Pinterest. We dropped off Facebook. We're not doing Twitter. We're not doing your LinkedIn. I'm not going to do your Google business page. I'm not, because that's too much, but you can come to us for Instagram and TikTok and we'll knock it out of the park. Hey designers, you probably heard me say something a little bit ago called the Kiss My Portfolio Challenge. If you're unfamiliar, I created a 10 day, 10 prompt challenge to help designers design better through a hypothetical business idea. You can actually purchase these challenges exactly on my website, and this will walk you through a whole project that you can then use on your website, on your social, and pretty much anywhere else to show off your mad design skills. The link is in today's show notes for the episode, but you can also go directly to my website, mkwcreative.co and search Kiss My Portfolio to check them out. Good luck. So it's an interesting way to think about your offerings as far as like narrowing, like being anti-niche. And I actually talked about this on another podcast episode with, with Angela Create with Gusto, which will come after yours. We talked about like how there's so much advice out there. that's like, you have to niche down if you want to be successful and you have to like stick to a niche and stick to one thing. That's really, really difficult advice for creatives. And it's so boring. Like, why would you want totally. to do... And especially as like solopreneurs that are ditching the nine to five, why are you just going to then pigeon your pigeonhole yourself into doing one thing? Like just one thing. The exact thing you were trying to escape. So now why are you putting that on yourself? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. Oh my goodness. Okay. Marketing question. Are you ready? This is a, this is a question that I actually asked in, um, when I hired Instagram managers, but it was slightly different. It's a bang, Mary kill question, which is like kind of PG 13, but oh, well, um, we cuss on this podcast. It's fine. Um, and the one that I asked Instagram managers was like bang, Mary kill real stories, posts. The one I want to ask you for your own marketing, bang, Mary kill, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and parentheses, Facebook groups, because we love a Facebook group. Yes. I am going to marry TikTok. Okay. That is where I, I don't know. I was a little bit nervous about TikTok because short form video content. I was like, I have a lot of social anxiety. I don't know if I can do that. But you're crushing it it. on TikTok. You're crushing, especially the short ones, the little voiceovers. I feel like your sense of humor is, gets me every time on TikTok. (laughs) I always like, I always like have a giggle when I come across your videos. Definitely. Okay. So you're going to marry TikTok. And then bang and kill Instagram or Facebook. I'm gonna kill Instagram. You're killing Instagram. I hate to say it because Instagram, like that was my first social media platform. But if I even get on Instagram like once a week, it is a lucky week for me. Okay, Facebook. Why do you think that for Instagram? I don't know. I just like. I think TikTok just got its talons into me yeah. and now Instagram <laughs> can never live up. <laughs> because there is kind of a different tone to TikTok versus Instagram, right? And I think that the the pain point for most people with Instagram right now is like Instagram asks a lot of you. Yes. A I don't want to do 35 things. I just want to post and be done. Yep. And that's the TikTok experience. So I think it's interesting because usually it's like the clients won't catch on to that until after. Um, but for clients, like they're like, oh, my ideal client isn't on TikTok, blah, 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 blah. Like they're on Instagram, but then you're posting on Instagram and only like 80 people are seeing your posts. So like, yeah. mm, is that really the best spend of your time? So what do you feel like is the difference in your audience on TikTok versus your audience on Instagram? 
I feel like my TikTok audience, like they, like you said, with the sense of humor, like I just feel like I can be a person on TikTok and people will resonate with that. Whereas on Instagram, I feel like if I'm a person, people are like, mm, that's weird. And they just like, yeah, <laughs> abandon ship. Right, right. It is interesting how there's the kind of the, the two angles to that. Huh. Okay. And then you said you're going to, you're going to bang Facebook groups. Yes. Facebook groups. Okay. I love them. You do. Okay. So which ones are you in and which ones do you love? Um, obviously kiss my aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Number one. Um, oh gosh, I honestly, I don't use Facebook groups a lot for my business. I'm just in them for like a personal little hee yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a fun little hee hee. Okay. So are you in like um, designer boss ladies? That's one of my favorite ones. I think so. Designer in, boss I ladies. I get recommended all of them and I like join them, but then they just, the algorithm doesn't push them to me. So then I'm like, I just forget about them. Uh-huh. Okay. So we also have to remember that Zuckerberg owns Instagram and Facebook. So the Instagram experience and the Facebook experience, the everyone feeling burnt out of it, I think has a lot to do with that algorithm based stuff. Because the other thing that we have to remember, and like as much as people want to shit on Mark Zuckerberg, like he's running a business at the end of the day, right? Maybe a nefarious business, but his prime objective is to get you on the platform as long as possible and to prioritize the content that pays his organization money. So if you're on there for organic purposes and networking and sharing your portfolio and getting clients and you're not paying Zuckerberg a dollar, of course, he's not going to prioritize your content. Of course, it's going to get buried in everyone's feed. Of course, people aren't going to see your reels or your stories or your posts because you're not contributing to his machine. Like, and that is totally within his power to do so. TikTok, on the other hand, has more of that organic discoverability aspect that I think breaks that. Although I don't know that TikTok will be like the way that it is forever. I know. I keep hearing that they're going to implement stories or something. And I'm like, please don't. Please mm-hmm. don't change on me. Don't switch mm-hmm. it up. Don't become Instagram. But it's inevitable, right? It's just the evolution of how these platforms go. And I think as an entrepreneur, when we, I talked about this with Lisette. We went live today on Instagram and we talked about burnout. And we talked about how um, there are certain activities that you do online that that drain your mental battery. And there are some activities you do online that recharge your mental battery, right? So figuring out as a business owner, like there has to be a balance, but also the pendulum needs to probably swing to the positive direction when you go too far down the negative direction, right? If you're feeling super drained by social, it's within your control to swing the pendulum back around, right? right? What do you think about that? I definitely agree. And burnout is something... Burnout is just oh. burnout is burnout. Burnout is no good. <laughs> yes. Burnout is no good. What when when do you feel like at least now? Okay, so I'm eight years into my business. I know when a burnout is coming. Just kind of like as ladies, we know when it's like our time of the month is coming. Yes. Like you know, you're like, I'm bloated and all I want to eat is chocolate and I want red wine. Like I know when I have an impending burnout on the way because I've done this now long enough that I can start to see those warning signs before it happens. So I'm wondering for you, like, do you, are you in tune to yourself in that way? Like, do you know when you're kind of about to hit into a wall or do those ones still kind of hit you like a tsunami? I think a little bit of both. Sometimes I'm good at navigating them and knowing, okay, we're kind of getting on the edge. We're teetering, do some self-care, take a step back. Like let's take a break, recharge, regroup. 
But then other times as a new business owner, I'm like, you can't take a break. You have to keep going full speed ahead. Keep posting, keep marketing yourself, keep doing these projects because you're new. And if you stop, then your momentum is just completely gone. So I feel like I'm balancing the tightrope of trusting myself in my business and everything that I've set in place that it's going to be okay if I take the weekend and just sit on the couch and chill. Mm -hmm. I don't have to constantly be putting myself out there. And the the latter part of it is a fallacy, right? The idea that you're going to lose all your progress if you don't maintain a crazy, insane speed is not rooted in reality, right? Like it's really not because, because you can only help people so much as you help yourself. It's the whole thing of like, put your oxygen mask on before you put it on the person next (laughs) to you, right? If you go all the way to burnout and you creatively drain yourself and you you can't even think straight and you have to take five days off, you're actually doing more harm than if you took like a 45 minute break on Monday. You know what I mean? And so I think that the more we get into business and at least for myself, I'm like almost saying this as a reminder to myself, like you're in control of your calendar. You can make as much money or as little money as you want to make. You can take as many breaks or as little breaks as you want. Like, but my tendency, and I think you're probably really similar to me is like, oh, if I'm in a groove, I want to go. Like if I'm feeling it, I am all in because I know there's going to be a week that I'm not going to feel that way. And on that time, I'm going to want to take a break. So that's the greatest, like, it's, this is so dorky, but from Peloton, the, like my favorite Peloton instructor always says, find the discipline in your freedom. So like find the discipline within ultimate freedom, find the discipline to do the things that are important. You're nodding your I head. Yes. It. Yes. We're with it. We're, it is a podcast. But you agree. Like a revelation. Like, oh. Yes. Like, I saw the light bulbs go off over <laughs> your head. Um, so that's your little nugget of takeaway. Let's also get into kind of like the entrepreneurship stuff. We were talking about how you're pretty new. Um, What resources do you lean on to learn advice for the business side? So like creativity, design aside, where do you go for like business resources? And also maybe what's something you wish someone had told you when you started? Okay, business resources, Facebook groups all the way. I know they don't primarily get pushed to me, but whenever I have a question, I can't, I know it does not matter. Almost any Facebook group I go into, someone is going to be able to answer that question. And it is so just reassuring as like a newbie business owner, knowing that I don't have to figure it out all by myself and no one is going to make me. People aren't wanting me to suffer or withholding information. All I have to do is ask Ask. for it and the help is there. Yes. Totally. Totally. What's something you wish someone had told you when you first started? And even still now, I wish someone just every day would whisper in my ear and say, it is okay if it is messy. You just have to try. Mm-hmm. Because I just, for so long, like I took the first Kiss My Portfolio Challenge and then I waited a couple weeks because I was like, mm, I don't think I can do this. And then for like three days, I was really excited about starting up my own business. And then I was like, mm, I don't think I can do this. So just keep going. You're going to make mistakes. It's going to be fine. That is how you grow and learn is by making mistakes. Totally, totally agree. If you can get an idea 70% of the way there, it's a success. Yes. 70%. We're just looking for C's. C's get degrees. Like get it most of the way there 
and and it's a success and then you'll learn something along the way right so i think that with our clients too like whenever i'm talking to like people on our team whatever i just have to remind them like remember they hired us for a reason is because we can do it better than them and that's yeah. already worth the value of paying us to do it like it's not that they can't do it themselves because they can they can learn all the same skills they can take all the same trainings they can use all the same tools but at the end of the day we can do it better faster easier and that's worth paying for yes right yes right. okay so you're newish newish to business but you have a beautiful website and you have your own brand as well where you do graphic design brand design photoshop work all the stuff walk us through everything that you offer from this is the fun exercise i've been doing on the podcast recently free to bite size bite size to bread and butter bread and butter to vip so we can go one at a time so what are the offers air quotes, that you have for free? Where can people learn things from you for free? Um, TikTok is a great place. I'm always posting business tips. And especially as a newbie, I feel like I'm more in touch with people that are also new business owners. Because I'm like, I just learned about this thing. Did you know about it? Probably not. We're learning it together Together. right alongside each other. Yes. Perfect. And then bite size offer. What is the first thing that someone could pay you for, opt in for, or get from you that's not a full commitment to your services yet? I offer free 25-minute discovery calls where we kind of kickstart the brand process. I get to know you a little bit better, and hopefully you get to know yourself a little bit better and why investing in branding is such a good idea. You also do hourly work, correct? Yes. Is that something you outwardly offer? Because I would kind of consider that a bite-sized offer. I do not explicitly offer that. I It is kind of something when people inquire with me through my website, if they're like, I just need this pamphlet design. I'm like, okay, we can we can work with that. We don't have to book you full, for a full service. We can set you up with an hourly rate um, and get the project done. And that I love just those one-off like little teeny tiny bite-sized projects. Like that is what I feel like keeps me creatively charged because I'm not doing it all the time, but it's enough that it re-energizes me for the next thing. It's a good little um, break from routine. And I love those kind of like ad hoc projects. I call them like my secret menu projects because like you, I don't outwardly advertise that I have all these other offerings, but it's kind of nice to keep you on your creative toes. Like it's like going to a new workout class every once in a while. You're like, okay, that's not something I want to do all the time, but like that was refreshing. Yeah. That's kind of the feeling. Rejuvenating. Yes. I feel good. And they feel good. They feel great. Yes. You solve the creative problem. You fix the puzzle. Totally. So then you have your bread and butter offering. This would be your brand design services, correct? Yes. Brand and packaging design services. Yeah. Yeah. And then all the way up to VIP, and maybe you haven't totally fleshed this out yet, but basically tell us like your ideal client, let's say they came to, they found you on TikTok. Then they're like, I'm obsessed with this girl. I want to hire Then they did the discovery call. And then you helped them with like a one-off project. And now they're like, okay, wait a second. I really want you to do my rebrand and my packaging. And then what would come after that? That is tough. I really, I like what you do as kind of like a brand manager almost like with building out merch suites and promos and all of that good stuff. I think that would be fun. I think a lot of the clients that I work with are new businesses also. So they aren't exactly, 
I don't think ready for that next step, but it is also nice because as my business grows, their business will grow. And eventually, maybe in a year from now, we'll be offering those type of services. Totally. I could absolutely see you um, adopting the one-on-one day model. I think that would be fun. I really think Madison Eats Cake needs to do a one-on-one day. Madison's going to shadow me this next week on my one-on-one days to help with some of our clients on one-on-one days. But I really, you and I should have a conversation offline about um, what that could look like for your business. Because I think those kind of done for you in a day style services are really popular right now, but also they provide immense value. And just for the reason we were talking about, it's a nice break to your routine with a clear start and end. Like, okay, we're going to start at nine and we'll be finished at noon. Goodbye. And then you can walk away and you don't have to do the back and forth. You don't have to do the multiple emails, multiple drafts, et cetera. They get what they bargained for and more in that kind of session. And I think you're so lickety split quick with Canva that it would be a slam dunk. Yes, I think. And even with like, already I'm offering like the little one-off services, it would be more beneficial for them if I'm saying, hey, you can book me for a day, half a day, and I can build you this and more. And just get it done. Totally. And then it also trains the client I think that it does this kind of reverse psychology thing in that it trains the client to come prepared with everything that they think they need. And then you get them on the one-on-one day and you knock it out in the first hour and they're like, oh shit, like what else do I need? Okay. And because they've paid to be there, they want to get the most out of it and they want to get the most out of your time. But you're, I think, especially with Canva, I would love to see you you host Canva one-on-one days because you can really also at the same time train them on how to use their brand assets together without them thinking it's a training, right? So they come in to pay for the assets. They're walking away with the assets, clarity, direction, training, because you have that inherently, right? It's like, oh, did you think about maybe doing Instagram stories, like a whole thing that's a quiz to get people more, you know, enticed in your brand. And then you end it with your ask to sell your product, like we do for our social media clients, right? Or did you think about, you know, making a whole suite of graphics every time that you do a new blog post, like a collage, and then also a a quote graphic and also stories like we do for same skin. It's that kind of stuff that I think at least the success I've had with one-on-one days, it's more about like opening up their eyes to the possibilities of their brand marketing and their brand yeah. assets than even just like, okay, I got seven templates. That's not really the deliverable. Yeah. Cause a lot of times even they, clients don't know what possibilities are mm-hmm. out there until mm-hmm. they're right there with you. And they're like, Oh, we can do X, Y, and Z also. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. What's something that you think you do particularly well and what's something you wish you were better at? I think I'm superb at Photoshop and I know we already touched on this, but just creating those like immersive experiences that you can't necessarily always get in the real world. Like something that I wish I was better at is, hmm. I know because we've DM'd about it. 3D rendering. Oh, yes. That right? Is, that is, yes. Because that's, that's world building on crack. That is true. If I could master 3D graphics and Photoshop. Unstoppable. I don't even, I feel like I would completely change my business offerings because. Totally. Truly the possibilities are endless if I could build 3D worlds and also 
Photoshop. I mean, that could be an entire oh. offering. You could do someone's brand design and then also have an entire suite for them. That would be like, and you're going to get 10 bespoke images created, either a combination of photos that we turn into this immersive world or full on digital renderings of what a potential flagship store could look like or trade show booth or fictitious event space. Like you can really go balls to the walls creatively. And if that's where your brain is already, like lean into that. I want to learn 3D rendering too. <laughs> Especially with being like packaging design is like a big focus of my business. You don't have to hire a product photographer because I can make 3D renderings of your, whatever your product is. That's such a value add. And I think that when you, the, I would love to see you do more of that because it's totally like, again, you're kind of cutting out the middleman of like having to get the product printed and then send it to a photographer and then the photographer taking the photos and then maybe the bag is wrinkly or the text is hard to read or it's like not standing upright. Whereas if you did that all in a rendering, you'd have like full creative control over those criteria. Like there's fashion brands that have been doing this for a while. You should look up Hanifa, H-A-N-I-F-A. They did like a virtual fashion show where they used and like 3D mapped with like a texture creator, like their entire fashion collection into a runway show where it's just the clothes walking. There's no person. Oh my gosh. So it's just the clothes coming down the runway and it's full, fully epic. digital rendered, but then you could buy the physical dress. So you're seeing the dress as the rendering is like, like walking, right? Very, I don't know if they do that in Harry Potter. I'm like not a Potter person, but, um, there's some movie where they have something similar to this, but think like invisibility cloak on the person, but then the clothes still on the top of the invisibility cloak. That's what this looked like. And it's so creative and so inventive because it's like, who's to say that that's not as valuable as actually going to the real fashion show? Like yes. if you can demonstrate your clothes and how it moves and like how to style it and everything, and you had infinity possibilities, then like why even spend the expense on a fashion show? Yeah. And that's going to be more accessible because how many people can attend a fashion show? Like not a lot, but if you've got your virtual fashion show, anyone can log on, see it, see your clothes. And that's the metaverse conversation, mm. which we would need a whole nother hour probably to discuss. <laughs> um, but at any rate, where can everyone find you, follow you, support you, hire you, see your work? Tell us all the things. You can find me anywhere on the internet at Madison Eats Cake. Easy. Easy. Yep. Website is MadisonEatsCake.com. MadisonEatsCake.com. Yep. Easy. Instagram. Sometimes. TikTok for sure. TikTok for sure. Yes. Pinterest Let's for sure. Pinterest for sure. Cool. Cool. And Behance as well. That's one of the platforms yes. I'm actually not on. Ooh, and Dribble. Oh. If you're not on Dribble. Oh, okay. I recently started and it is because I was finding a lot of my inspiration on Dribble anyway. So I was like, why don't I put my own stuff on Dribble? Uh, you know, my hesitation with Behance and Dribble was I never felt like my mock ups were up to par. I'm here for you. So I never did it. Okay, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. All right, thanks everyone for listening and thanks Madison so much for coming on. Thank See you. ya. Yes, You're bye. welcome. <laughs> <laughs> thanks again for joining us for the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I'm your host, Michelle, of course, and it would mean the world to me if you would go ahead and leave us a review and follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else that you listen to podcasts, really. 
The Kiss My Aesthetic Facebook group is also going to be a killer resource for you to ask questions, get feedback on anything branding, marketing, or entrepreneurship related. And to catch today's show notes or anything that we talked about in this episode, make sure you go to mkwcreative.co slash kmapod. We'll catch you next time.